Time now for Making Sense of the Markets with Lori Pinkowski. Lori is the Senior Vice President and Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Simi. How are you? I am good, thank you. How are those markets hanging in today? Uh, markets are slightly down, nothing like yesterday. Um, and when we look over the past week, uh, things are fairly flat. And why we saw the bigger drop yesterday, so at one point like the Dow was down over 400 points and then recovered a bit in the close, um, is that we saw retail sales falling about 1.1% in July. So lower than the small drop kind of analysts expected. But a lot of this has to do with the Delta variant uh, in the US as we see cases rising. Uh, people are just not out there shopping as, as much as they were when they felt uh, the pandemic was behind them. Uh, also, a week after the Senate passed the $1 trillion infrastructure bill, uh, the market is starting to react more to the latest rise in COVID cases, right? And what the near-term impact on the global economy could be or would be. And again, so, you know, I was talking to my team yesterday, I'm like, what what exactly is happening down there again, right? Like compared to what what's happening right. up here. And over 70% of Canadians 12 and older are fully vaccinated here versus 60% in, in the U.S., which explains why the latest wave has affected us uh, kind of in Well, affected us more in some areas, I guess, but affected us less overall. And it was important. It was interesting to see how some states in the U.S. are uh, have very, very low vaccination rates. So, so, you know, places like uh, Oregon and Hawaii are only just above 50 percent, as well as Florida. Louisiana is only at 38 percent and Mississippi is 35 percent. So, I mean, we can understand why they're seeing the problem that they are. Uh, and then we're looking at kind of at hospitalization rates as well, because that's important, right? Not just getting COVID, but, you know, what is the impact to people at this point? And nationwide, less than 11% of all hospital beds are being used by COVID patients. So <clears throat> hopefully this last or the wave that we're in right now uh, just gets people, to, you know, to, uh, you know, to go get their uh, vaccination if they haven't already. So, so we'll see how that plays out. I mean, the market has mostly shrugged off COVID, I would say, since November. So I don't think this is going to have a huge impact, but the markets have been moving higher kind of week for week, you know, as we've been talking. And so I think, you know, seeing a, you know, a day or two of, uh, you know, lower kind of points on the market is, is not a bad thing. I think that's normal. I think we have to get used to seeing that once in a while. As I was saying last week, I think some investors have become a little complacent, right? Uh, just right. believing the market just goes up and up and up. And uh, I'm saying, well, you know, hold on a second here. It's okay to see a correction once in a while. Not that we're headed for that. We've had, you know, a few times where the market has gone down four or five, 700 points at one point and only to pick up speed again thereafter. So again, you know, we're, we watch it closely, we monitor it, monitor it and uh, we'll take action when needed. Okay, let's talk about inflation though too, because um, the Canadian inflation rate still higher than I think a lot of people are comfortable with. Yeah, definitely. You know, this morning we saw inflation in Canada rose uh, 3.7% in the month of July from 31 And this is, again, a reason why you shouldn't be leaving a whole bunch of cash in your checking account or your savings account or in GICs, because what that's telling me is you're essentially losing 4% a year on cash. So, you know, you have to have it invested in one way or another that's appropriate for you. So you have to talk to a financial advisor what is appropriate for your situation. But inflation, again, it affects all of us, right, as consumers. The cost of goods has, has been going up. 
And this is the highest rate that we've seen in Canada since May of 2011. So, you know, it's not surprising. And, and as, um, See, you guys said earlier, it came mainly from homeowner replacement costs, increasing 4.8%. So, you know, again, you got to be questioning yourself if you should be doing a reno right now or what, you, you know, the cost of, of goods has been increasing. When you think of lumber, though, lumber has actually gone down um, uh, about 70%. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, 70% from the peak. So so it's not that anymore, right? Because that was kind of to blame for for a bunch of months there at, at, at uh, one time. So, you know, again, everything goes in a cycle. I think it's important to keep an eye on inflation, especially for us, like when we're doing uh, retirement plans. I was doing a review with somebody yesterday and talking about, you know, we use a 3% inflation rate on their financial plan. Well, that makes sense, right? We increased it. I think for many, many years, we're using 2%. As long as this is kind of, you know, short lived, if we have to start increasing inflation to 4% or even higher than that, that will have an impact on one's retirement if they aren't properly invested. Again, you need to get better returns, good returns in this sort of situation. And what best combats inflation? Well, uh, equities do stocks as well as real estate. So again, you can't be just sitting in GICs and bonds right now. Otherwise you'll be losing money without even knowing it. So again, talk to a financial advisor about your situation. Yeah, exactly. I know. I think people tend to think that inflation doesn't impact them or affect them, but then the way you just put it, they absolutely should be concerned about it. Well, exactly. It's not like when you're invested in the markets and you look at your account online, you can see the fluctuation on a daily basis, right? With inflation, you don't see it. It's like the silent creeper that is eating up your money and you don't even know. So so definitely you want to look at investing that, uh, again, conservatively and in a way that is appropriate for you. But you have to have those conversations, you know, sitting um, you know, sitting around with, you know, 100, 200, 500 million dollars of the bank uh, is doing you absolutely no good in this environment. All right. Let's also talk about going kids going back to school and like learning financial lessons. Like I remember having being taught this. We used to have a class called consumer education and I took it in junior high school and it was super valuable. That doesn't happen anymore. So what kind of a role can people take in teaching their kids back to school lessons, like financial lessons? Yeah, you know, I used to even go speak to, to many students at high schools about the value of money, the value of investing, uh, as well as career planning. But you know, with COVID again, you know, that kind of stuff has been put on hold. But I still think it's important within the family to be talking to your children and grandchildren uh, about the value of money, about saving, um, and as well as spending, right? And I think when you take a look at... Uh, uh, you know, back to school shopping, that can be a, a prime time to start talking about this. Remember, parents are the number one influence on their children's financial behaviors. And you and I have talked a lot about people's relationship with money. When I talk to clients about their relationship with money, it often stems about how they were brought up and how their parents viewed money. So again, I mean, if you're a frugal, great. If you're a spender, that's okay too. We just need to make sure that we're passing on the right values to our children and grandchildren. All right. So what are some of those, do you think, key financial lessons that parents and even grandparents can pass along? 
Well, I think recognizing trade-offs, so like wants versus needs, <clears throat> right? And so, uh, you know, wants are the extras from movie tickets and, you know, candy to designer sneakers, a bicycle or, or the latest smartphone, depending on how old the child is. So again, understanding that some things you don't need, like the latest smartphone, it's great to have, but really what's changed? Um, and, and, you know, for a parent to, you know, fork over uh, the money for that kind of expense is high, right? So again, you want to make sure that your own um, budget and balance sheet is in order before you're just giving kids uh, anything that they want. Um, and back to school shopping, like I said, is a great opportunity <clears throat> to really kind of talk about that. You know, what is it that they need? What is it that they uh, want for school? I think start saving as early as possible is another one. So don't underestimate your kids or grandkids' ability to really understand the concept of money, right? Early on, you can open up a bank account for a kid, you know, have them do chores, earn some money, um, go to the bank with them to deposit it. You know, they're going to be thrilled. Again, we talked about, you know, having uh, piggy banks, just like the good old days, you know, everything is online. But, it, you know, like even for my, my uh, son, I just bought him a lemonade stand, uh, you know, where I'm teaching him and giving him coins for $2. How much is that popsicle, you know, so he understands. And it, as kids age, I think it's important for them to start saving right. early. And even as uh, kids kind of get on in age, you can open up what's called an in trust for account. So that means that, again, your name is on the account. Obviously, they're too young to sign. Um, but they can start investing in, you know, mutual funds or stocks even uh, and so on. You know, I've, I've bought my son stocks like Nike and Lululemon and Amazon and Microsoft just, again, so he holds them uh, for, for many years to come. I right. think they're leaders in the industry. And so, you know, when he gets to an age where he understands that I own Nike, well, that's, you know, pretty cool for people. Uh, for for young for young people especially, and again set savings goals. So you know, to, to a kid being told to save without explaining why, yeah, <laughs> may seem a little pointless. But uh, if they understand they have a goal to save, you know, fifty dollars for a video game or uh, ten dollars for something else that they want, or you know, maybe for a bike, whatever yeah. it might be, <clears throat> and they save that money and then they have it to spend. They're going to feel so much better when they go and actually make the purchase, yeah. uh, you know, compared to if you just go and buy them a bike for Christmas, for example. That is so true. Uh, thank you for that, Lori. Thanks so much, Simi. Have a great week. You too. That's Lori Pinkowski, Senior Vice President and Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity. And remember, you can contact the team directly, 604-695-LORI, or you can visit their website at pinkowski.ca.